Good morning. On the phone, I have Tony Gugusberg. He is the owner of the Gugusberg Tree Farms over in New Ulm. Good morning. Good morning to you. And uh, this is probably your busiest time of year, I'm guessing. Um, yes, it is. With the trees, uh, everybody's getting excited right now. You want to get the tree up, you know, for the Christmas season here. So um, last weekend was very busy, and this weekend is also another very busy weekend. Now, I read an article recently that there was a, a Christmas tree shortage, and it was specifically out of California. Is that affecting us here in the Midwest? Well, it, it is because some of those growers, because they have shortage of trees um, out on the West Coast, they have been reaching out to some of the growers in the Midwest um, trying to purchase some of their trees. And, you know, the thing about growing trees is we have to predict 10 years from now what people want. And, and 10 years ago, people kind of had cut back on planting, and, and now the effects are here that uh, we're having a little bit of shortage. But, I mean, there's still a good number of trees out there. It's just that there's not an abundance of them. What are the main reasons? I know there's th- something called needle drop I've heard about, and there's been other things. Has it been mainly tree diseases that has prevented or caused this problem? Sometimes some of the diseases can affect it. The other thing is insect. If uh, oh. a grower gets a big insect problem in it, it can totally wipe out your whole crop of trees. And like I just said, mentioned that if you lose your big trees that you're ready to market um, and you have to replant some, Again, you're waiting that 8 to 10 years to, to get those trees ready for market. Now, how do you replenish? I read somewhere it said for every tree that someone cuts, they plant, you guys plant three. Is that true, or is that something else I maybe am mixing um, up? Well, some places it is. We try to plant two for every we cut. Okay. Uh, just because the fact that knowing that not every single tree is going to survive, and then not every tree is going to be a marketable tree. And we see a little bit uh, upswing on people wanting to purchase new live trees for Christmas, so we started planting a few extra. Okay, and how many do you go through in a year at the Gugusberg Farms over by New Elm? We'll harvest probably five to 600 trees a year. What is the the average price now? I mean, I assume it's gone up. Yeah, the price, for the average price uh, for trees generally runs about 8 to $10 a foot. And is there a common denominator in terms of usually what people buy an average? Yeah, generally they'll purchase... Most people will purchase a seven to eight foot tree for most homes, although um, we sell trees up to 24 feet tall. Oh, wow. For those looking for large trees. And let's talk about the different kinds of trees. I know there's all sorts of, there's spruces, there's pines, and I don't, you know, know specifics about them, but could you talk about some of the different ones and why people might choose one versus another? Sure. I grow um, eight varieties of trees, three varieties of the firs, and uh, Fraser fir is what I call the Cadillac of all firs. They're a little bit slower at growing, but the nice thing about the Fraser fir is they hold their needles so well. Then the other one I grow, the other two I grow for trees is the balsam fir, which really has the nicest fragrance. And then there's a natural cross between the balsam and the Fraser called canane fir. How do you spell really that? I've nice never fir. heard of that one. That is spelled C-A-A-N-A-N. That's a new one to me. Yeah, and that's been a real popular one. Like I said, it's a, it's a natural cross between them. There is a couple of trees that I am starting to grow as young trees, and one would be a Korean fir, which is beautiful foliage. It's dark green uh, on the top, and underneath the needles are almost silver white. Oh, wow. So expect to see some more, some more of those trees in the future. Um, and then I also grow some of the pines, 
the white pine and the scotch pine, they have the long needles, but they hold up very well as far as the needle retention on them. How about uh, spruce? Yep, it's kind of one of those that there's still people looking for the spruce. The nice thing about spruce trees are the branches are very strong. If you are putting heavy ornaments on a tree, you can place those on the tree and not have the problem with the branches drooping or hanging. And some people love the blue spruce. They have a little bit sharper needles, but the color is beautiful once you get the tree decorated. So which is your most popular in terms of what what do people come for the most? Most people will come for the fir trees because they have short needles and they're soft and they have a nice green color. So generally, probably 75% of my sales are going to be the fir trees, either the balsam, the Fraser, or the Canadian fir. Now, you mentioned that the Fraser fir is one of the Cadillacs of, of the the trees, and it grows a little bit more slowly. So do, do you have to charge more for that, or does it all kind of even out? Yeah, they're, they're probably going to run average 5 to $10 more for the same size tree over a balsam or oh. a canane fir. Can you talk about the process of growing a tree? You, I've heard you say a couple times the number 10 years, and I assume that's kind of the from planting it from a, is it a seedling or a, a seed and to the tree that you want to harvest? Sure. Um, what I do is I purchase um, young transplants, which are generally about that 12 inches in size. And when I buy them, they're already four years old from a seed. So I get them. We plant everything by hand with a shovel. I just like to make sure it's getting plant it well. And from there, we, we hope Mother Nature provides us with water, which they did the last two years. In fact, too much for some <laughs> yeah. of them. They actually died, but they get watered. And then we keep everything mowed and kind of cleaned weed-free around each tree so it's not competing. And then once the tree reaches um, its third year after I've planted it, we start trimming them. And that's probably the most labor-intensive project there is just because we have to do that by hand, and we trim them to get them that nice shape. Otherwise, a lot of the, especially the pines, will look rather open and sparse between the branches. So when you do this, is it like your hedge trimmer that's electrified or gas run, or is this your hand pruning tool? Close. Nothing's electric. I actually use long knives. Yes, when the new growth comes on in the middle of the summer, um, I actually take a knife and swing it up and down oh, wow. uh, along the branches, cutting the new growth back. So instead of growing, you know, a foot to 18 inches a year, we want to control it so it only grows six inches a year. Then your bush or your tree will get much bushier and denser from the trimming. Do you ever have to more severely prune if you've got like one that's maybe got more than one liter or something? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take out, you know, double liters and, and cut them back. So, you know, it takes a little bit of time and work to do this. And then also I should mention, though, sometimes I'll leave some of the trees, I won't even trim them, and they get what's called a very open look. Oh. So when people want a natural-looking tree, when I when they're asking for that, I know what they're they want something that has not been trimmed because they like the openness to hang ornaments and bulbs in. So I do have people that ask for those type of trees, and I do have people you know because not every tree gets picked. So obviously you know over the years I have some trees that are rather large um, that is kind of let go and let the wildlife in, live in them. You know the birds and. Uh, but the thing is, people have asked me, can I just cut the top off? It really doesn't, I don't like to do that because, one, you ruin the rest of the tree. True. Two, it's it's just taking the top off, and usually it's quite wide and not shaped very well. Uh, anything sure. else that people should know about trees? I mean, do you have to fertilize them at all or do anything yeah. besides just keeping them weed-free? 
yes, every year they get fertilized with a special fertilizer because, you know, I have to make sure the pH is right in the soil, the acidity for the evergreens. So I do give them all special fertilizer throughout the year. What is the pH that is good for evergreens? Generally around 6.5. I do I put a sulfur fertilizer on there to lower the pH because that's typical around um, southern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a little harder to grow some of the fir trees without adjusting the nutrients in them. Because otherwise, they would have a difficult time growing them and they would just be stunted. They would turn yellow. I will do that once a year every spring. Give them a you know, some fertilizer and, and make sure, like I said, it's well watered in. Tony, tell people how to get to your farm. Two things. I can, I'm going to give you some directions. And also, they're welcome to look on our website, uh, GoogisburgTreeFarm.com. We also have a Facebook page. They can look up there for events. But otherwise, if you're going to want to come over from Mankato or any other place, we are located southwest of New Ulm, 10 miles, just off uh, County Road 24, and we have signs out. So they can certainly see the signs and then find our place. But the best would be, I know everybody likes to Google now or use GPS, mm-hmm. is to uh, find our address and, and put it in their GPS, and it'll take a, take them right to our farm. The address is one. 7703 Grandview Road, New Ulm. Is it cut your own or do you have both cut your own and already pre-cut? I have a few pre-cut, but most people want to come cut your own. And, you know, the thing about it is uh, it's just great to see all the families come with their kids because it's really a fun activity to get outdoors and go on that tree hunt, make it a special moment and, you know, get some pictures. And it's just something that you can enjoy, and you never know what kind of tree you might be able to find out there. I'm going to ask you, Tony, as a tree farmer, what kind of tree do you usually get for your um, home use? Generally, my family prefers like a balsam fir. Okay. So, But we have had some of the other ones, too. And actually, you know, I, people always think I must pick the perfect tree. I see all the trees all summer long, so... <laughs> It doesn't matter to me. I just like to, you know, have whatever's there. And, you know, each unique tree is is different. So no matter what the tree looks like, they all serve the same purpose. And you mentioned special events. Do you have any special events coming up that people might be interested in? This Saturday, we are having Santa stop by. So that'll be this Saturday, the 7th, from 12 to 2. Is Santa going to be cutting any trees? Santa will probably not be cutting. You know, he, he is so busy trying to get ready for Christmas that um, he'll just stop in and say hi. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much for talking with us, Tony. I appreciate your time. Merry Christmas to you, and I hope it all goes well. And thank you so much. You bet. Have a Merry Christmas also. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. It was a lot of fun talking to Tony. He has one of those cut-your-own-trees farms out off New Ulm called the Gugasburg Tree Farms. And I don't know if we used to go on our own property, Harvey, and and cut our own tree because we had a lot of woods. We never cut our We always got purchased one. Really? Yeah. What the heck? Yeah, I, I never. I mean, didn't you have enough woods to go cut one, Harvey? Well, we didn't have trees or oh. Christmas trees around there. Okay, because we were. I'm from northern northwestern Wisconsin, and we had a lot of oh, trees. Oh yeah. And I'll never forget the one year that my we all went to the the big woods and looking for the t- perfect tree with our little Swedish saw, and there it was. <laughs> the tree was. 25 feet high and we just wanted the top right yeah. the top <laughs> so my sister she i don't know how old she was pretty young then climbed up you know how it is in in a 
pine trees or yeah. spruce trees, yeah. that kind of thing. She we- weaved her way up on all those scratchy things to the top and got close to the top and cut it, you know, about probably seven feet up. And down came the top of the tree, boom, on the ground. And, you know, it looked a lot better way up there, there than, than it did. <laughs> So, yeah, because uh, they get kind of fat and fluffy up there that you don't realize. So way up high, it looked perfect. Yeah. But we just ended up having just like a little bit of a Charlie Brown Christmas tree that year. <laughs> but it was fun and a good memory. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always fun to do something different. Yeah. So so trees are, uh, uh, we have a fake one now because I don't have the big woods like we used to either anymore. And Well, the, we the last few years, Beverly and I couldn't handle them anymore because she always wanted one from the, floor to the ceiling. Oh, sure. And um, then we actually went to an artificial. Then the last few years, it got even that got too big. So um, what she did was took the top tier off that tree and just set it Oh, just had the, the, on, the, on the couch. And I've got it now. So an artificial little tree top. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's oh, I don't know, it's about four foot tall. Just enough. Yeah. And so actually I got it year round there now. And what I do is I take all the Christmas ornaments off and just leave the lights on. You do? So okay. I've, I've, and it comes on at night when and dark and for a few hours and then turn off. So I've actually got a, a tree. It's not a Christmas tree because it doesn't have any ornaments it's on it. It's a night light. It's a night light. <laughs> Big it, night light. It, it, it is when I come <laughs> in at dark. You know, I, I don't have to worry about getting the lights on and. You don't have to water it. So then, uh, Saturday before Thanksgiving, uh, uh, one of the granddaughters and a couple of the great grandchildren, they decorated it, and uh, I haven't touched it since they decorated it. So there you go. It, it's really decorated different. It's auto decorate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for you, you know, one of the things I do to get ready for Christmas is I like to do. You know, you, you can go to places and buy spruce tops, and they're really expensive. Yeah. But I've got shrubs around the yard, arborvitae, and I've got some used Japanese yews, and I will cut branches that I know I'll probably prune anyway, and then I take them and I will have a. I've got a big empty container, and then I put some dirt in the bottom, and I just stick that full of these different evergreen boughs and maybe a couple of uh, birch tree uh, sticks yeah, in there. Yeah. And then I, I add some colorful things that I got maybe from the store, like red or something. And then I hydrangeas, you know, when they dry, that yeah. looks natural. So that's what I use for my outdoor decorations. It doesn't cost me a thing. And uh, then I can... I bet you it looks nice. It looks great. And then I can just, you know, recycle it yeah, later. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you do anything like that? Probably not, I'm saying. No. 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 I, I, I'm too busy taking care of my plants. <laughs> Yeah, how many plants you got now? Uh, out in the garage, there's probably 70, 75 in pots. Well, you told me, you listened last week when I talked to one of our students, Wyatt Gog, and he has 117 house plants, <laughs> and you said, I don't have anything like that. No, no, I just, these are all in pots, and uh, some of them are Lonnie's. Um, she brings out there to overwinter and that. But otherwise, um, in the spring, uh, we'll take them all outside and... Um, I, I've got 17 shop lights going out there right now. Oh, you do? Oh. Yeah. And so um, there is, they'll stay out there all summer, and then I just bring the pots in in the fall. And the one thing I did l- learn, though, is that I have um, um, herbs right. in pots. They take a lot of water. Oh, sure. More than a lot of the other plants. So when you're when you're watering plants... There is a difference in how you water plants 
because different plants take different amounts of water. And so that's when you, you put them or set them down, you should kind of group them according to how they need to be watered. Yeah, or realize when you're going through, as many times as I do, I know where they are and stuff. And I, because uh, the herbs, I'll generally water them in between my regular watering and a lot of them. So, do you use the herbs throughout the winter? No, they're just <laughs> nice to look at. <laughs> because my husband, uh, when, when it was getting toward fall, I had a beautiful basil plant outside and he cut the top off. Uh, and a, f- a few of them, and then you can put them in water and root them. Oh, yeah. So we've got growing now is basil in the house with with the roots. I still haven't put them in soil, but I can still. But, you know, that's there's a number of different plants like that, herbs, uh, rosemary, thyme, things like that. You can just re-root them without seeds. You just stick them in the water, and then you can transplant them into some soil, and that's kind of a neat way to keep it going. Yeah, I, I don't do cuttings. Um, my sister does, but right. I don't, except that um, when I got thinking about it here this week, I do because I've got hen and chicks. Oh, sure. Do you? And I cut them off and, and and start them, so I'm actually doing some cuttings, So do, and I don't and, even realize it. Hen and chicks are little succulents, also, yeah. and, and so then they don't really need hardly anything to get root. Well, you just take one and stick it in the dirt, and it'll grow. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't take anything. That's but I, I use a special soil for them then, too. Do you use that kind of a cactus, cactus mix? Yeah. It's, or it's got a little peat, so it's very well draining? Yeah, and it's it's a heavier. Um, the pots are heavier, but they're not uh, heavy clay or anything like that. They're, the water just soaks through them pretty good. Sure. But they don't take a lot. And yeah, because um, I just had a Christmas cactus. Now, they don't take a lot either. I actually had a Thanksgiving cactus just bloom. I don't know if you have any of those, but they also are in that succulent family, and they don't like a lot of water, and when you do water, it's got to drain. I have one that's, um, oh, I can't, it's in the house. I don't take it outside. Um, it's at least eight, ten years old, and I happened to notice uh, the other day that on the side by the window, there's I think about eight different blossoms on it. Oh, okay, Let's get some. And it it uh, will blossom by the window because it takes cool weather to yes. get them to f- blossom, and then you turn it around and it'll put the other side by the window, and pretty soon you get some more. Then so it's your own natural <coughs> cooling area. By the, maybe yeah. you need to get some new yeah. windows, Harvey. <laughs> 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 well, it's not drafty. Oh, it's just just a yeah, little cooler. It's just, just a little cooler right. by the window. Uh, I've got one in my office that um, very seldom uh, flowers because it doesn't get the, the cool wi- um, window. It's in the window, but it's not that cool in there. This is in the entrance between the garage and the house where the cooling one is. So uh, it's not too bad, in it, but it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It takes me... The last time I watered, it took me four gallons of water and about an hour and a half to water my plants out in the garage. Because you have excessive, yeah. yeah. And but I, a lot of times I'll take them down. I, I, some on shelves or wherever, I'll take them and, and take them down and, and take off all the dead leaves. And Do you wash yours too? Because a lot of times what happens in a home in the winter, it gets dry <clears throat> and dust settles. And then what happens is your leaves get all dusty and it blocks their pores. And they need to, like us, need to breathe. Well, uh, those that I have in the house, a lot of them are viney, and there's no way oh, so you're not that, gonna, that I had one up on top that had been in a different room and I brought it in there, and then it started vining, and it's, it's a double window, 
And um, there was like three or four uh, stems that come around in the side in there. But um, I didn't get it watered a couple of times, and so I lost some leaves on it. Sure. So I did. I cut it all off until I, I was back to about six inches of the bottom. Cut it all back off, and, and now and took the old ones down, and now it's going to start vining out again. And sometimes the nice thing about plants like that, if they've got kind of long and stringy, when you cut them back down, they'll get bushier, so they look a mm-hmm. little fuller, which is not a bad thing. But it is hard if you've got that nice long, long, uh, <laughs> I guess, vine wrapped it, around. You say, oh, I can't get rid of that. But, you know, sometimes it would look nicer. with. And, and then the other window is there's one uh, that I got at uh, Beverly's funeral. Uh, I kept that one, and that's vining there now too. Is it a, a pothos or a philodendron, or I'm not sure what it is. It's this real small leaf. Oh, okay. And that the other one was a bigger leaf, and uh, I don't know what the Harvey, variety they were. I know that house plants are not our expertise. No, no, I have some, but uh, yeah, and, I and do too. But well, out in that entranceway, there's there's one in there that's just going all over the place, and it. I keep trimming off the dead leaves, and it keeps growing back. And I know my, when I remember my grandma's house, she always had some type of ivy, and it was when you'd come in the door too, mm-hmm. and it was just growing all over. and And I think back to the things that influenced me, and and a lot of it was from my grandparents and my my parents with the gardening bug. Yeah, uh, I do have one out in the garage that is um, kind of unique. It's in a great big pot, and Lonnie had it first. And she had it down to her place for a year or so. I think she said she got it from Norla, and it was not supposed to be a vine. It was just supposed to be a plant. Well, it's a vine. It's a vine. <laughs> and um, it's a great, it's in a big pot. I have to, I don't even try and lift it. I just pull it outside in the summertime and then pull it back in the wintertime. And I've got a rack of about two feet tall above the uh, pot and to hold it in and stuff, and there's like three uh, plants in there, and it'll vine a bit, and so in the summertime, or in the spring, I'll take it outside, and I cut it right off to the level of this uh, uh, wire, Mm -hmm. and then in the fall, I bring it in and cut it off there. Well, as soon as it gets inside, it starts to vine. Oh, does it? And it, I've it's got probably it, reaching for light is probably what it's doing. Well, I've got it sitting down there with lights over the top of it, and it just and I I've got tiers in there, and it, right above it is another tier with some lights on it, and it goes up underneath there, and it gets I've got plastic over the top of a mesh. And so it's in there, and it just winds around in so you're there. You're getting and a it's, big old mushy. It's it's mat. going. It's it's a real fine vine. It's not very big, and it's just going all over there. It's going crazy. Wow! So, and then I have four lemongrass. You do. You kept your lemongrass because I usually think of that as an outside thing, but that's yeah. what people use for herbs for tea and things. Uh, and I've got that in there sitting beside it. Doing well. Oh, it looks beautiful, a four of them. See, I think that's my problem. I need more lights. I basically put it by the patio door in the basement, and they get light, but it's all one-sided, and I need some more regular. But I don't know if I really want to have a whole bunch of shop lights hanging in the basement. (laughs) And I don't have a heated garage. Hey, Harvey, what's on your Christmas list as a gardener? You got any suggestions for people? 
I'm just curious. I have hori. I want another hori hori knife. One for here in Mankato, and one for <laughs> out at the lake house because I use that thing all the time. the time. I got it this summer. I know Barb loves hers, but that hori hori. It's a it's a Japanese type knife, and man, I can use that for so many things. So that is, I put another one of those on my list. Well, that's something I could use too. I I've, I've never had one. Oh, see, Harvey, yeah. you don't know what you're missing. But one thing I would s- tell people that if if you think, um, if you're not a gardener, and you, but you know somebody that's a gardener, and you want to give them a gift, oh, I'll give them some flowers. No, Mm-mm. don't get flowers. Get a plant. Yeah. The or plant it, will last. Flowers don't. Right. Flowers just fade, and we can grow our own. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I always say if you want to get a gardener a gift, gloves. You can never have, have enough, enough gloves. And like the nitrile <laughs> kind that are the rubber-dipped ones yeah. or some, some nice leather ones for if you're with roses or something. So I say that's, if you are looking for gifts for gardeners, that is one you cannot have enough of. Well, somebody has roses, the, the long sleeve yes, ones. Yes, they go up to your el- past your elbow. Uh, yeah, they, they always are nice, too. And I know a lot of times they sell these little gift sets with like they, they've got the little uh, little um, hoe, like short handle hoe and the little uh, scraper, things like that. And they're in these cute little packages. Oh, look, they're all flowers. That's generally junk. That's for the kids. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though they package it like it's for adults, I mean, it's yeah. generally cheaply made. And I, you know, I've got some of those in the past. And I mean, I appreciate that people do that. But honestly, if you're really working, that's not going to last. I, uh, <coughs> I have to use a walker. And so when I'm sitting in my walker, I've got, um, it's like a little rake, but it's only like four or five inches wide, mm-hmm. maybe two inches tall. And it's extendable. Oh, okay. Um, you know, and so I, I, I got to extend it in spot three feet. Boy, that thing is nice. So it's sort of like a like a, a kid rake almost, <coughs> it looks like, but you're able to reach in yeah. while sitting on your walker. Yeah, and it, 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 I can dig the dirt. I can uh, do a lot of stuff with it, pull the weeds and that. And I, um, I got one for two of my granddaughters. I think they each got, okay. I gave them one because it's just the handiest thing that you can get. Good advice. One thing else I put on mine is, um, you know, I'm not as old as you, obviously. You could be my father. Father, yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, but grandfather. I, yeah, <laughs> maybe not that much. <laughs> wow. Uh, but well, my birthday's next week. I'm gonna be 56. So um, yeah, you're yeah you're 24 years. Yeah, so Older. my my father, not my grandfather, that would be your little. Yeah. But anyway, it it um sometimes gets harder to get up and down. You know, your knees get tired or sore on the ground. I could, um so one of those it's it's kind of a it's a kneel thing, but you can also sit on it. It, mm-hmm. it turns it's like turns into a thing you can sit on like a little bench, but then you flip it over and it's a thing you can use to kneel and it has cut then. You know, you can two handles to get two up and handles down. to get up. So that's one thing. Now, I, I'm thinking I, I like because I've used those little uh, knee pad things before, but I think this would be more handy because then I could also sit. So that's one other thing that I've got that I think would be nice. See, that's something I can't do anymore either because I had a knee replaced. Oh, sure, you can't. So you're not supposed to kneel on it anymore. And that's a dairy farmer for you. My dad had uh, the same thing. You get you. you you wear your knees out milking those cows and I had one replaced the other one should have been and it's not and I'm not going to have it replaced but I want to live through it yeah right <laughs> I'm going to tough it out that's a dairy farmer attitude oh I'm 80 already what what the heck yeah <laughs> parts wear out right right but um, being 80 years old and have health problems so what do I do went and built a new greenhouse <laughs> well you know I, there was an article that said people who garden are more likely to live to be 100 that was a study that they did. So, I mean, I'm thinking we're doing something right here. 
Well, my 80th birthday was in July, first part of July, and uh, my daughter had a surprise party for me, which I didn't know about. But I do work out at uh, uh, PT at Madison East, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of those people in there. And so um, she told them, too. And um, unbeknown to me, uh, when I opened up the uh, cards, I had four cards signed by 20 new, 29 people out of, out of physical therapy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then the Friday before my birthday, it was uh, on a Saturday, uh, one of the therapists came out there and she said, well, you know, she's going to celebrate the next day too. She's going to be 25 years old. Oh, my. On Saturday, I was going to be 80. So I told her, I says, well, now when you celebrate your 50th birthday, make sure you send me a card. I will come. I'm... I'll be 105. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're... So I got something to look forward to. You know? Absolutely. And like <laughs> I said, there is there, a study that showed that people who garden are generally <laughs> more likely to live to be 100. So you can make it too, Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for being on the show with me. I appreciate it as always. And uh, until next time, we will uh, keep watering those plants in the garage. Well, we'll do. All right. Bye-bye, Harvey. Bye. It is one minute past 10, and you are listening to A Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato, big ideas and real world thinking. It is 17 degrees outside, today's high up to 23 and mostly sunny. Time now for our Southern Minnesota News Project.